Hello and welcome to the Bearded Tits podcast. This is a bonus episode and in this episode I'm going to kind of go through the history of the podcast, some of the behind the scenes things, my favourite podcasts that I've worked on, maybe the worst podcasts that I've worked on, as well as some of the stacks, the figures, a little bit about what goes on behind the podcasting curtain, what I'm planning on doing next and when we come back and how the podcast may change. So there's a lot to unpack Hopefully, you'll stick with me to the end and will enjoy it. Now, I thought I'd start right at the beginning. And if you've not listened, I mean, I don't expect everyone to listen to every single podcast that I've done, but there was definitely an evolution. So the early podcasts are relatively, well, it's relatively the same, but different to some of the later ones. But the podcast started in March 2020. And I'm sure we all remember what happened in March 2020. Uh, a certain pandemic kicked in. Now, I found myself as a, as a wildlife cameraman and photographer with piss all work to do. I was living at my mum's. I was with my fiance, and, you know, I had two women. Not that it's necessarily a bad thing living with two women, but I was uh, on my... Well, technically three. The dog's a girl as well. So I was kind of uh, surrounded on all sides, and I thought, right, well, I need to do something to keep me busy because I'm not working. I can't go out. Uh, I guess if I had work on, I kind of could because I could justify that. But there wasn't a lot of work. And I'd been toying with the idea of doing a podcast for ages, for ages and ages and ages. And I thought, you know what? I know nothing about podcasting. I don't I don't listen to podcasts, but I can do that. Why not? So I messaged my mate, Neil Phillips. He's one half of the UK Wildlife podcast. Known Neil really well for years. Love him to bits. And I just said, look, have you got any tips on, on starting a podcast? Where should I start? He recommended Podbean, and that's what I host the podcast on, and a couple of other little bits. Neil likes to say that I copy everything that he does. I like to think that I improve on it, but it was genuinely a coincidence because I think he'd started um, UK Wildlife Podcast maybe a few months before, so he was still relatively new to it himself, but um, garnering quite a bit of attention. And I think UK Wildlife Podcast is probably the most popular independent wildlife podcast in terms of downloads. I don't know 100%, but I think it probably is. And um, anyway, that's what it started with. And generally, I just got friends on to start with because I'm I'm relatively well connected. So I've got lots of friends who work in the industry and do lots of interesting things. And it was actually really, really nice to reconnect with people because there are friends who... I kind of am a social person, but I largely keep myself to myself. And I'm not the kind of person that's going to ring someone up for a chat. That's a bit alien to me. But I was speaking to friends who I hadn't spoken to for ages. And it was lovely to just sit down, have a chat. And I think podcasts where you know the guest are always better. It's so nice because you've just got that natural charisma and connection to them. So that worked out really, really well. Now, my original thought for the podcast was just to have me talking. But I kind of realised that, firstly, I can't talk that long without, you know, (laughs) without a break. So I think I managed about 15 minutes, which for a podcast is pretty short. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to need to bring guests in. And although I do the odd podcast like this, where I am talking directly to you and there's no guest on, the vast majority of podcasts that I do are interviews. And you know what, I'm really glad... I went down the interview route because this isn't the Jack Perks podcast. It's the Bearded Tits podcast. I'm irrelevant. I'm here to ask that guest what you're wondering. That's my job. You're not 
tuning in to listen to me per se. You're tuning in to listen to what that guest has to say to me. Well, that's how I see it anyway. Some of you might be tuning in for me. Um, I, I feel sorry for you if you are, but if you are, thank you. And I think the interview format worked out really well. And originally, the podcast was broken down into three bits. There was a news of the week, the interview, and then nature reserve of the week, slash some tips or whatever. The trouble with that is that I like to uh, bulk upload podcasts. I might do seven or eight podcasts, and it just means that I haven't got to rush around and worry about uploading each week. That does mean, however, that news of the week can be vastly outdated. And I remember the classic one was the vulture that turned up in the Peak District, the, uh, the bearded vulture. And by the time I reported on it, it had fucked off. So I sort of thought, well, news of the week is pointless. And people aren't tuning in to listen to the news, and they're not tuning in to listen to about some nature reserve I've never been to. They just want to hear me talk to someone. So I cut all the bullshit out and just stuck with the interview. And I think it worked out better because it meant that I could talk longer, I could add more questions to the person. And I think that was for the betterment of the podcast as a whole. Now, my process for making the podcast is relatively simple. I use a Yeti Blue mic. I've got a little muffler, a little muffly thing there. And I record straight onto a MacBook Pro, generally using Zoom. And providing that the guest isn't using a potato of a laptop, the audio is normally fine. And I don't want... I mean, again, if you're a regular listener, you'll know that the audio quality can be a little bit up and down on this. As long as it's, you know, listenable... I don't lose too much sleep over it. I do a little bit of editing, but my minute amounts of editing. I use Audacity for that. I don't have an editor. I don't have the money for an editor. If I um, if I earned more money from buymeacoffee.com, I'd potentially hire one. But to be honest, my editing is incredibly simple. The only ground rule is make sure the podcast is under an hour. It can be 59 minutes, but not one hour, one minute. Always make sure it's an under an hour. The idea being that these podcasts are relatively bite-sized and you can binge if you want to. Um, unless someone is a charisma motherfucker, you're not going to want to listen to them for two and a half hours. So um, I think an hour is plenty of time to listen to someone waffle on, in my opinion. One of the things I've always enjoyed with the podcast is that it is pretty chill, as uh, Joe Harkness described, who, who's been on recently. It's not a serious podcast. We're not typically doing hard-hitting questions, although you know we have tackled serious issues. We've talked about people trying to commit suicide uh, and nature helping them through that. We've talked about sexism and racism. But on the whole, it's a pretty light podcast. And I just try and think of the questions that if you met this person, you would ask. It's not deeply scientific, although we do kind of uh, fondle the balls of science every now and again. Occasionally, accidents happen. And I, I generally leave them in. I find them quite funny. I mean, I, I've burped on the podcast. My fucking dog has been on so many of these podcasts. Like, I might have to do a little competition, see how many people can work out how many times my dog's cameoed. She's always fucking barking when the Amazon delivery driver um, turns up. I think my wife bust in once. I was talking to uh, uh, Jackie Poon, who we both know, actually, weirdly enough. She was bringing me a bacon sandwich while I was recording. And, you know, so I, and I leave it in. I think it's quite funny. I, I, it's not a serious podcast. It's very much relaxed. And that also kind of leads into uh, the swearing on the podcast. And because it was basically, I'll let you into a secret. There's a podcast Illuminati of nature independent podcasters. We're all on WhatsApp. And uh, I, I know a few of them on there. I don't know all of them. And 
I'm sort of known as the sweary podcast, but I don't swear that much. I don't think I do. I mean, I, I go through podcasts without swearing at all a lot of the time, but I cater it to the guest. If I know the guest and I know they don't mind, I'll swear like a fucking trooper. But if I don't know the guest, then I generally rein it in and I don't and I don't say anything. Now, potentially that might put off some future guests because like, oh, we don't want to talk to him. I also think it affects my figures a little bit. And I'll talk about some of the stacks and figures later on. But obviously, if you're swearing, then you're not going to be broadcast to as wide an audience because, you know, kids and uh, people with delicate souls are not going to want to listen to the podcast if you're routinely saying naughty words. I was always adamant that I didn't want to charge for the podcast and I was very reluctant to monetize it. Certainly at the beginning when I had more time, I was doing it as a as a, a therapy really. It was it was something to keep me busy and and crack on and talk to people really, make connections in in many regards. But as time gone on and the work's piled back in, which is partly why I'm having this break, I thought it'd be nice to make some money from it. And that's what buymeacoffee.com was really useful for. Now, I don't make a lot of it, uh, a lot of it. I think so far, if I tallied up all the money, it's about 150 quid, which has covered the podcast hosting fees, which is lovely. That's great. If I earn significantly more from it, I'd maybe think about getting an editor or or upping some of the production. But for the most part, it's not a money-making thing for me. I can't be asked with Patreon. I know some podcasters do Patreon, but then you've got to put on extra content or release content early. And I thought, oh, I can't be fucking asked with that. And sponsorship, uh, I'm going to talk about this in an upcoming podcast. So I'm not going to say too much now, but all I can say about sponsorship is they very rarely offer money. And unless they offer money, I'm, I'm not really of interest to it. But I talk more about that in the 100th episode. So if you're interested about kind of sponsorship and how I'm very cynical of it, um, listen to the 100th episode that's coming up very shortly. When it comes to picking guests, it can be tricky. And I'll be honest with you, another reason why I'm winding down is because I've pretty much got everyone that I wanted to get. Now, there are those kind of Moby Dick figures like David Attenborough, Chris Packham, Michaela Strachan. And I've tried to get all three of them, but only one of them actually got back to me and said, um, I'm sorry, I'm busy. But I tried David Attenborough when he was on Instagram for five minutes and... Uh, he just didn't reply. I mean, obviously, it wouldn't have been him. It would have been the production company. I think it was Silverback who were running that. And you have to think about it. Why would David Attenborough do an independent podcast? It makes no sense. There's no advantage to him doing that. I think he's been on the odd the odd one. But there'd be no point in him doing an independent. And again, because there's a, there's a bit of blue. There's a bit of blue on here. That might potentially put him off. Although, saying that, David Attenborough is not as clean cut. I've, I've been to a talk of his... And he said bugger. And that was one of the highlights of my life, hearing David Attenborough say bugger. And stories that people who know him a lot better than me um, have said that he, he, he does enjoy the odd swear word. I do have connections. I've got people who I know who know David Attenborough very well. So I could potentially reach out, but I just don't think he'd do it. And why would he? You know, unless unless an independent podcast was getting ridiculously high viewing figures, which none of them do really, he's not going to want to do it. In terms of Packham, I really wanted Chris Packham on. I thought I could get Chris. I've met Chris. We've spoken. Whether he remembers who I am, I don't know. But um, he wasn't interested, basically. So one of his research team uh, got in touch with me when they were doing Self-Isolating Bird Club and asked if they could use some footage of a dipper that I had. And I said, oh, yeah, no problem. You can use this dipper. 
but could you ask Chris if he'd be willing to come on my podcast? And then they just didn't reply. They didn't even use the dipper footage. So it was sort of like a gentle blackmail, but uh, that didn't work because he didn't he didn't get back to me. Now, Michaela did. Michaela's an absolute superstar. Uh, I do know Michaela. We've worked on Springwatch a couple of times. And she was in quarantine because she lives in South Africa. And then when she comes over for the watches, she has to quarantine for a little bit. And I thought, great, she's in the hotel room. She's got nothing to do. Let's try and get her on the podcast. Messaged her agent. And sure enough, they got back and said, well, actually, Michaela's really busy. Uh, we can't, uh, she can't do it. And she she messaged, she put the message, it wasn't the agent that said it. And she said, like, keep filming the fish or whatever. So I thought, okay, fair enough. To my credit, I should add also, I have had every other Springwatch presenter on. Yolo's been on, Megan's been on, Gillian's been on. Uh, I've had Nick Baker on, you name it, I've had a lot of presenters. So I'm pretty happy with who I've already had uh, had on the podcast. One of the things that really grinds my gears, and now my dogs came in. What do you want? What are you doing, eh? Just lie down. Pepper, lie down. No, don't jump up. Lie down. Oh, for God's sake. There you go. That's my dog cameo for the podcast. Now, one of the things that kind of can be frustrating with guests is you're messaging out people. And generally, I don't expect them all to say yes, but you, you have a pun. If I message 10, I maybe expect four to get back to me and say yes. And you've kind of got three options. You've got someone who will say yes and do it. That's great. Someone who will just say no or not reply. Now, if someone doesn't reply, that's a little bit more difficult because it's like, well, have you seen this? Have you not seen it? So typically, I'll, I'll ask them once. I then maybe ask them again. And then I'll try a different format and ask them. And if I've messaged them three times and there's no reply, I'll take the hint. Sometimes people are a little bit too polite as well. So I tried to get Mark Cowardine um, on the podcast. And I messaged his, his agent, secretary, whatever, someone who manages his emails anyway. And they said, oh, Mark's heard of the podcast. I think that was probably bought. He might have heard of it. I doubt he had done. And, uh, and I said, look, I'd love to have Mark on. It'd be great to talk about wildlife photography incitations. Is he up for it? And yeah, he said, oh, she said, oh yeah, he's heard of the podcast and he's actually very busy. Maybe if you message in a year. I went, all right. Left it a year, got back in touch. Any chance Mark's keen to do it now? And she said, oh, he's still very busy. So I took the hint. Now, of course, I might be reading the lines wrong, but I uh, I suspect that he's just too polite to say no. So that that's absolutely fine. The problem or the real pain in the arse is when you get a guest who says, yes, I'm absolutely up for this. Let's do it. And then nothing happens. It's so fucking frustrating. Like I understand that we've all got shit going on in our lives and, and, and I'm forgetful. I'm terrible. I forget things all the time. But if you don't want to do it, just say no. And that's fine. I can move on then. Don't say yes and then not do it. And literally, there are maybe... A dozen people I can think of who have said they were willing to come on the podcast and then just nothing's happened. And it's really, really annoying because I take time out to research that person and come up with questions. And then if they don't come on, I'm just left here standing in the dark. So it's really frustrating. And what's even more frustrating is when they turn up on another podcast. Not that there's a particular rivalry. I don't think there's a rivalry between the independents. We all get on pretty well. But it's just like, well, hang on a minute. You said no to me, or maybe you said you would come on, but it never happened. But why have you then gone on their podcast? It, it can be really, really 
um, frustrating. And I am relatively protective of some of my contacts. I have had fellow podcasters occasionally ask me, oh, we know you know so-and-so. Would you mind linking us up? And, and generally, I don't. I'm like, well, no, because I've worked hard to make that link. I'm not just going to hand it to you on a platter, particularly when, in essence... I suppose we're in competition, but I don't see it as a competition. I don't make money out of it, so there's not really a, a competitional element. But yeah, I'm a bit reluctant to give up contacts anyway. And podcasting's incredibly incestuous. You'll notice all the time that you've had a guest on, and then the other podcast has that guest on, and then another podcast has that guest on. And it's just a bit, you know, it can get a little bit um, samey sometimes. But that's down to the listener, isn't it, at the end of the day, if they want to listen to those or not. So let's talk about some behind-the-scenes stuff. So from a podcasting point of view, I've, I think I've done one drunk. And it's not the beer one. you think it'd be the beer one, but it wasn't because the guest was quite uh, boring, which I know is a horrible thing to say, but I had to get drunk for it. And it can be tricky because occasionally you might get a guest who you think is going to be incredibly engaging and interesting, and they're quite boring. Now, you could also say that, then that's my job to bring them out of their shell, but... Um, that can be really frustrating. I much prefer it when it's the other way around. When you have someone you think, oh, these these are going to be really quite boring. And they turn out to be really interesting. And two examples of that are back from the brink. It was James Morris something or other. And he was talking about moths. But he was really engaging. Really, really interesting. So I enjoyed that one. And then there was a lot in response to one. And I thought he would be very clean cut and boring. It was Adrian Charles, I think. Charles? can't remember his last name. Big beardy bloke. Really nice guy. And uh, he was really interesting as well. Really, really good. So I enjoyed that. It can be frustrating sometimes when you get guests who are clearly on kind of auto media mode, where they're just using the same answers they use for everything in this kind of way. And you know that you're not really talking to them. And a great kind of opposite to that is when I interviewed Charlie Hamilton James. And that was one of my favourite podcasts that I've done. Because that was Charlie, and he was no holds bars. He's talking about when he got high in the bloody jungle filming, and he's talking about, you know, being off his nut on cocaine eating guinea pigs. And it's just, that's basically what I wanted the podcast to be. But I knew that most people are not going to be that frank and honest. So it can be tricky when you're trying to get a little bit out of that person, and they're just a bit wary. But if they don't know who I am, they might think that I'm just some kind of journalist trying to slip them up for a quote which I'm not I'm just trying to get the real person um, when I'm doing these when I'm doing these podcasts but while we're mentioning favorites I think my favorite podcast I did enjoy the beer one that's just because I enjoy beer but I um I think the Chris Yates one was my favorite I really enjoyed doing that with Chris Yates never met him before not particularly a big Chris Yates fan but he was just so engaging to talk to hung off every word that he said that was really good I've not really got a worst podcast, and I know that's a cop-out answer. The only one that I struggled with a little bit was I did a podcast about dogs, and it was, I think, Daxons to Dogs with... Um, oh, bloody hell. I can't remember the name of the guy, but he's an American professor, and he was a bit sharp, and he would constantly query my queries. So I'd ask a question, and then he'd be like, well, that question has no meaning. And I'm just like... Just answer the fucking question, mate. So, you know, it wasn't... I wouldn't say... I wouldn't go as far to call him an arsehole, but he was a bit difficult. But it turned out into a good podcast, actually. I, I thought it was all right in the end, anyway. But that one was a little bit um, here, here on, on, on 
stand. I've had migraines when I've done podcasts. I've actually uh, been in quite a lot of pain sometimes, but because I've got people on who I can't really rearrange, I've done it anyway. And as I said before, I'm always making bloody mistakes and, and whatever, but I just keep them in. I think it's it's part of the charm. I think it's quite funny. In terms of some of the stats and figures, let's go through that. Um, the most popular podcast by a country mile that I've done was the one with Jeremy Wade. It has twice the amount of listener of, of, of downloads as the one below it. And my theory of that is because Jeremy has got a worldwide kind of appeal, particularly in America. There's a lot of nutty Americans that love uh, love Jeremy. And my podcast, on the whole, is very UK-centric. Someone in America is not going to want to listen about someone uh, painting weasels in the UK, on the whole. But Jeremy has got a, a worldwide uh, appeal. So I think that's why the Jeremy Wade one is the most popular. Um, I haven't had a look which is the least popular. I think that would be a little bit cruel to uh, to put that on. But that was the most popular by Country Mile. As of recording, this is the 8th of December, I've got 41,000 downloads, which I think that's pretty good. And I, I don't really know about the analytics, but I did Google it, and, and here's what it says. So if you're getting 124 downloads in the first 30 days, you've got 50% of the overall audience. I can tell you we're well above that. If you're getting a thousand downloads in the first thirty days, you've got twenty percent of the audience. Um, or, or, or no, sorry, you're in the top twenty percent. Sorry, not twenty percent. That would be less, wouldn't it? You're in the top twenty percent of those podcasts. Uh, the odd ones over a thousand, but most of them are, are kind of a bit under that. So I'm kind of between the fifty and twenty mark. If you're getting six thousand seven hundred downloads, you're in the top three percent. Now, as far as I'm aware, and I hope my fellow nature podcasters don't mind me saying this i don't think anyone is anywhere near that on the nature podcast front um the independents generally just get less views because we don't have a marketing budget and we we just don't have that kind of firepower so i would say that even the most popular nature podcast which is probably uk wildlife podcast um they're nowhere near the 6700 but they're still pretty healthy you know and i guess you have to ask yourself why are you doing it are you doing it so lots of people listen? Are you doing it to engage people? I kind of look at podcasts in a sort of quality, not quantity way of looking at it. So I'm not getting the same viewership as YouTube. For example, if I only got 500 views on YouTube, I would consider that quite poor. But on a podcast, 500 downloads is, is pretty good. I'm, I'd be happy with that. That would not be a problem with me. So for those of you listening, you are the quality, not necessarily the quantity. Now, before we go, because I realise I've been rambling on now for over 20 minutes, I'm just going to talk about where the podcast is going and what's happening. So we've got a couple more podcasts coming up now, and then I'm having a an extended break, basically. At least six months, I think. I will be back in 2022 at some point, but I am going to have a long old break. And this is really to kind of recharge the batteries, to think about what I want to do with the podcast. I think I am going to change it somewhat. And I've got three things. One of them is I'm doing some takeovers. Now, these will actually be out before six months, but I'm not going to be doing it. So a past guest is going to come back and they're going to interview someone. So, for example, we've got Billy Heaney coming up, who was a guest early on, and he's going to be interviewing Charlie Phillips about his work with cetaceans. 
And we've got some other people as well doing it. So every now and again, I will drop a guest-hosted podcast. But I'm not going to put a label on it. I'm not saying like, oh, every month or every two months. I'll just drop one as a surprise, as and when. Apart from that, when the podcast does recommence, I've got two ideas. I don't want to say what they are right now, but they are a little bit different. One of them is going to be uh, an outside broadcast. I'm going to actually get out and, uh, and, and do something. The other one is going to be inside again, but a slightly different take on it. And that's all, I'm being very cryptic there, but that's all I'm going to say. So I will return. I should just point out, it's not that the podcast is ending, it's just having a, a bit of a long break. But I would encourage you, do go back and listen to past podcasts because you'll be surprised how you'll look at a subject and you'll think, oh, that doesn't look very interesting. Give it a listen, you might surprise yourself. In the meantime, I am going to be doing stuff on YouTube. So if you don't follow me, if you don't subscribe to me on YouTube, it's Jack Perks Wildlife Media. Do give us a subscribe. That'd help me out massively uh, on all my social media. Uh, Fish Twitcher on Instagram, Jack Perks Wildlife uh, Media on Facebook as well. And hopefully this has given you a little bit more insight into the podcast, how it's done and what we're doing in the future. This has been the Bearded Tits Podcast. I've been your host, Jack Perks, and I will see you next time. Cheers. <laughs>